This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, Parshat Yisro. We're starting in Perk Yutas Pesukei. It says, So if you listen to my voice and keep the person I made with you, you'll be my special treasure among all the nations, even though the whole world is mine. You should be a schooler for me. And that's what we're translating as special treasure. Our real question today is going to be, what does that mean to be a schooler? What does it mean that we are the Am Skula, the nation of schooler for HaKadosh Baruch The Chassam Silver says, when HaKadosh Baruch first created the world, the plan was for every human being to have the ability to have special Hashgacha Pratis. Every single person would be on the level of Klai Yisrael Pemat and Torah, or if you want to call it Adam Rishon before the Chait. Every person would be like that. When the people began to rebel, this obviously started with Adam Rishon, his first sin, etc., and keep going, Shem realized he couldn't expect the whole world to be perfect. So after Noah happened, he searched for one nation who would choose to be his nation and follow his rules for the world to continue to exist. Eventually, they became Avram Avinu, and eventually Avram Avinu's children, leading to Klal Yisrael, that they were the nation chosen to represent the rest of the world. That didn't mean that the others weren't able to join. There was always a concept of Gary, and there was a definitely a possibility of Gary Toshavim as well. But this day of Matan Torah was a culmination of 2,400 years. Finally, there would be a chosen nation, an Am Segula. This is why we make that bracha every single morning, so that we were chosen out of all the other nations. And really, it wasn't just because of us, it was because of Avram Binu, Yitzchak Binu, Yaakov Binu, and our eventuality of getting the Torah, of choosing the Torah itself. The Doresh David says, and if that's true, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has chosen us, then why did a Kaddish Baruch Hu go from one nation to the other asking if they wanted to accept the Torah? If we were chosen, that automatically should exclude everyone else. So the Chassam answers this with a mashal. Very wealthy man who has one son who works as hard as he does, right? And a few others who are pretty lazy. He wants to give a special inheritance to his one competent son who works really hard, but he doesn't want to insult everyone else or make them angry. So what does he do? He privately teaches his son how to cut diamonds and recognize what are good diamonds and what are bad diamonds throughout the trade. Eventually, his son becomes an expert. He then calls in all the other sons and he says to them, listen, I'm giving up my business of diamond trading. I need to leave all of my diamonds with someone who knows what he is doing. Do any of you know how to deal with diamonds? Obviously, only one of them is able to answer. That kid ended up getting all those diamonds in the job that his father had. The nimshal is that a Klau Yisrael had been prepared from this from the times of the Avos. So even though the offer was technically made to everyone in the world to receive the Torah, only B'nai Yisrael were able to answer affirmatively. That's how the Chassam Sofer answers. It's because the Kaddish Baruch had already prepared B'nai Yisrael to be able to get the Torah properly. So even though he offered it to everyone in the world, he knew that only Klau Yisrael would be able to answer. Yes, this is how we were chosen, so to speak. And a Kaddish Baruch knew that we were the ones who were going to accept the Torah fully. But it's so appropriate. The Chassam Sofer says that this mushal is dealing with something with diamonds and gems. When the Torah is known as nechmad mizav mipazrav, that it's more desirable than gold and special fine gold. When a person has the ability to do something and he feels good about it to the point where he actually enjoys doing it, right? That's that's where it becomes a little bit different. B'nai Yisrael will have the ability to feel the sweetness and to recognize the beauty of the Torah, not just as another lemur, but rather because it's something very special that everyone loves doing. That's the difference between us, says the Chassam Sofer, and the way that Darash David is trying to say it. It's that, yes, in other words, obviously anybody could keep the Torah properly and do whatever they need to do. But in order for it to happen in such a way where they do it properly, where they do it in the right way, where things are happening in the right fashion, that, that you need something a little bit different. That 
you need Klal Yisrael to have that preparation that we have from the Avos itself. Rashi translates the word segula as am hachaviv, otzer chaviv, as a treasure that is beloved to HaKadosh Baruch Just like precious stones, diamonds, or vessels made of special materials that a king would put in his treasure chest, and it constantly go there to look at them and enjoy having them. B'nai Yisrael are exactly that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Obviously, Hashem owns everything in the world. Kili Kalaras, he says in the end of the Pesach. This is not the only thing he has, but nonetheless, he loves it as if it's the only thing out there. Targum Unkos, Targum Yonason Muzil, Ramban, Rabbin Abachaya, and Ibn Ezra say a school is something honorable and beloved, something you can't find anywhere else in the world. A person who has this would never sell it for anything in the world and also would not allow anyone else to borrow it or take it take it for themselves. Not only that, but he would not even trust anyone else to guard it. This is something that you would keep your hands on the whole time. You wouldn't give the key over to somebody else because it's something that's so special. That's the lesson of Devekus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with us, that we are the Am Segula. We are the nation that is Davuk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, stuck to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem doesn't want to give up to or for anything else. Refer to this that the word school is used in Bavakama Tzadi Zayin to refer to property designated for a child who's an orphan when he gets older. If you want to do something for a child and you want to make sure that he has money, what does an apotropist do? He buys a segula. What's a segula? This is property that will belong to him and will be good for him in the future, something that will last for quite a while. The use of this word tells us What's demanded of us is to be completely and exclusively God's possession in everything we do so that nothing else can influence what we should and what we want to do. That's the idea behind it. We're supposed to be just stuck to our Kaddish Baruch so to speak. Ravari Kaplan in the Living Torah says, when you hear people calling the Jews the chosen nation, it's most likely this Pasuk they're referring to. Shem loves the entire world and everything he's created, but our nation is more beloved than anything else because we did something here, something that cannot be taken away from us no matter what we do in the future. We accepted the Torah. We said Nasevanishma. We said Naset twice and then Nasevanishma. Although other nations could accept the Torah, we are the ones that said Nasevanishma. We're the ones who did it originally. Rabbin Bachai says the difference between us is simple. They have Malachim in charge of them, while you, Klaus Yisrael, only have me. There's nothing else between us. And will always be there to take care of you. And that's what it means by an Am Segula. We're the Am Segula because we have a Kaddish Baruch Hu on top of us, a Kaddish Baruch Hu in charge of us, not a different Malach. The Am always says this is a special Baruch given only to us. When we see other nations being affected by plagues or sicknesses, it will not affect us as a nation because we're just that different. The Malachim of other nations may subdue one another, and one Malach may be able to take over the other. But they will never subdue your Malach because it's me. I may allow them to do things to you as a punishment, like Mitzrayim or Bubble or Edom or Mapar. Or Yavan, etc. But they'll never be able to rule over you. Their Malach will never be able to take over me, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu. They may limit your power. They may limit what you're able to do, but it will never be forever. And then he adds something special to me, Amroiz. As long as you continue to do what you're supposed to do, you follow the Torah properly, you're going to see amazing things happen to you that will never happen to any other nation. Things will happen in a supernatural fashion. Your tefillos will destroy terrible gazeras. Any incurable sicknesses can be cured. Impossible rains will end up falling, and calamities won't affect you whatsoever. That's what happened with your tefillos. They will know, everybody in the world will know that our nation is different, that Claudius soul is different. They'll come to you and ask you to dive in for them. Since you have the ability to stop these things from happening, that would naturally happen. And that's what it means. Says the Vilna Gomorrah, Ain Lola Kadosh Baruch Hu Ela Otsir Shoyur Shemayim. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all he has in this world, is an Otsar of Yerushalayim itself. When we have that Yerushalayim, we become the Otsar of Hashem, the Segula of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But, and this is how the Miyam always puts it, don't expect it to be like what you saw recently in Kriyas Yamsuf. Up until now, I was willing to save you in a miraculous fashion, even though B'nai Yisrael did not deserve it. All to show the world that God exists and that God chose a nation. That I'm willing to do. But no longer is that going to happen. What's going to happen from now on after Matan Torah is the only way that these miracles will occur is if you cause them to be so by davening properly and learning in the right fashion. If you don't deserve it, you're not going to be privy to these miracles. And that's what happened by Ezra Sofer and by Yishani. They didn't deserve to have huge miracles happen, so they didn't happen. That's the world we live in today, where we have to deserve the miracles and we can't expect anything to happen for us. It was only them. We're in Amsagula still, but we don't have the crazy miracles like we had back in that time. Aksav... Haksav HaKabbalah says that's what this Pasuk truly means. You listen to my mitzvahs. You do what I want you to do. Be yisemli skula. It's not that and then you'll be a skula. It's if you try to connect with me more than any of the other nations do, then I'll give you everything you want. Because Kili Kalarz, I own everything over here. This is us doing something for Hashem, not just Hashem doing something for us. The Rishonim above were saying that HaKadosh Baruch was just treating us special because of something the Avos did, maybe something that we did with Matan Torah. This is different. It's we cause HaKadosh Baruch Hu to come closer to us. We become <coughs> something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu truly wants. An Ish Segula is a person who does physical acts with the proper Kavanos in mind. He has to eat, he drinks, he does things in the world, but he has in mind that it's all part of Avodah Hashem. Says Aksav Kabbalah, that's what makes us into the Am Segula because we're doing it straight for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Aksav Sofer says it's really like this. When we accepted the Torah and received it at our Sinai, we were given a promise that everything would be fine in the future. We would always be in Am Segula. That would never change no matter what we do or don't do. That status will never be taken away from us. And that gives us the ability to always come back to Hashem no matter how far we stray. We'll always have that pencil yid within us coming, trying to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We'll feel it. We'll want to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what the Ksav Sofer says. It'll always be within us and that creates the Amsegula. The Amsegula is our ability to always go back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and constantly find ourselves back with HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. But look at this responsibility. The Chavetz Chaim says during the times of the Tsar of Russia, a decree was made that every thousand people have to send one person as the representative to the army. They would make different groups of 100 soldiers each. Out of that 100 soldiers, one person would represent all of those soldiers. And he would visit the general to see how to make sure that everybody was doing okay. One soldier was chosen to go to the general. This general saw that this particular soldier, his clothing was wrinkled and dirty. So the general took one look at him and said, choose your own punishment. How dare you? Come to the general. Come to me with dirty clothing. How could you do that? So the soldier meekly said, I'm very sorry, sir. My punishment? I ask for one day of jail. Okay, said the general. Imprisonment for life. Take him away, guards. Imprisonment for life. What? The soldier said, I thought I said one day of jail. True, said the general. But you represent a hundred soldiers. But even if that's so, said the soldier, there's still only a hundred days of jail. One for each soldier. Ah. But each one of you, said the general, represents a thousand civilians. Civilians. That's a thousand civilians and a hundred people representing them. And you're representing all that. That's a hundred thousand days of jail. A hundred thousand days of jail is almost 300 years of jail. You're going to be there for life. 
The idea behind this, the Chavz Chaim is trying to say, is our nation was chosen as one to represent the 70 nations of the world. Out of those, very few are able to learn Chumash, Mishnah, Gemara, and eventually become Postkin. That means anyone who learns, anybody who really learns Torah, is one out of 100,000 people. Halavai was one out of 100,000. It's really one out of what? 100 million people. And takes on the responsibility of all those people. Can you imagine what happens when he doesn't do everything properly? Says the Chavetz Chaim, that's the responsibility that a person who's learning Torah or keeping mitzvahs has. You're one out of a hundred thousand. And if you do something wrong, it's not just you that gets punished. It's Klau... You want to say you're representing Klau Yisrael. You're representing the world. The punishment can be extreme. And that shows that anybody who's going to learn has to do it properly. A little Shabbat brings down a story where Zilverstein was familiar with a young girl who lived in Cologne for many years. She went to Minyan every single day. She was one of the first people to show up. She's just extremely tenua. And she was she kept every Allah you can think of. She even asked all of her shadows to arrive to Rav Zilbershin himself, who was giving Shuram there, right? She would ask all of them to there. She eventually came to the Rav and once asked him. And she said, Listen, Rav, I have a question. He said, Sure, of course. What is it? She said, Can you be Megayer me? He was shocked. What do you mean? How are you not Jewish already? Apparently what had happened is she had been orphaned at the age of three in her home country. Her parents were rebels against the government. They had been killed, and a Jewish family who lived near her took her in, raising her as a thanks to her parents who had always helped them in the past. They eventually, this family eventually made Aliyah, and she came with, saying to the Rav that she always wanted to be like her adopted parents, that they made such a beautiful impression on her, and growing up in her house made her want to be like them, even though they never pressured her at all to become Jewish. Zilberstein was so impressed, sent a message ahead to the Avbez in Tel Aviv for Frankel to be Megayer immediately, without waiting the prerequisite, prerequisite amount. Normally, you have to wait to be Megayer somebody. Here, went immediately. That's the way for, 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 for us to be in front of the other nations. To be the Amsagula is the idea to understand our responsibility as the Amsagula, to know how to impress upon other people. That doesn't mean take in orphans and turn them into Gerim. That means being people in which other people are impressed with. Tamidas, Rav Sternbach, adds to this. People think it's good enough that, okay, there's a few people out there. They put their kokos into learning. They put their kokos into davening. Everyone else can relax because, look, Rechaim Knievsky is still alive, right? If Rechaim Knievsky is alive, then everybody can do this. It's fine, right? One person can represent so many, but it's not true. All of you are supposed to be an Amsagula. Every single person has the ability to be an Amsagula. Everybody has a job to do. Don't assume it's going to be done by somebody else. You're responsible to do what you can for a Kaddish Baruch Maral Diskin explains this a little bit. Every city has many different kinds of workers. And it says Maral Diskin, can you imagine a city with only blacksmiths in it? With only tailors in it? Like every city has to have people that do every single thing. Otherwise, what do you do if someone's shoes tear or the electricity goes out? So one would think, therefore, says Maral Diskin, that it would be bad for everyone to be a Talmud Chacham and learn Torah. Because don't you need people doing something else? Let Shevet Levi do their job. They'll be in charge. They'll learn Torah. And everybody else will do something different. Because after all, come on, you need people to be in charge of other things, don't you? Why are we choosing just this? How could that be? To that, says Maral Diskin, the Torah says, the Yisimli Skula, that there should be a Skula. Why? Because Li Kola Aretz. There are many other nations in the world who can do this work for you. If all of B'nai Yisrael decides to become massive Talmud Chachamim and learn Torah all day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say, Li Kola Aretz. I'll make sure you have everything you need. I'll have the other nations take care of all of it. That's the promise HaKadosh Baruch Hu made to us with this Pasuk. That if you decide to be the Am Segula, if you take that upon yourself, if you're willing to do that, then at the end of the day, that's what's going to be. You're going to give, be given that promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us everything that we could possibly need. The Chassam Sofer says in the future, HaKadosh Baruch who's going to recognize all of, of, of 
not just, all of the nations of the world are going to recognize that Kaddish Baruch Hu and become Yisraelim, so to speak. They're going to become in the level of Yisrael. At that point, we become Kohanim to them. That when we're told that we're going to be this Amsagula, it's Amsagula right now and that we have a special job, as we've been saying. But not only that, but in the future, when all of the world is going to be Klau Yisrael, so to speak, we become Kohanim, we retain that higher status. And the Meshach Chachma says it will never stop. This is going to be based on this Chassam Sofer, when the world recognizes that Kaddish Baruch Hu's majesty and they see the God of the world, we are going to be something special. And that's hinted to at the end of the Pasuk, Ki li when the entire world is entirely a Kaddish Baruch Hu's, still we're going to be the chosen nation. And that happened by the times of Nebuchadnezzar, when Nebuchadnezzar had taken over the world and Hanani Mishol Vazariah and Daniel were living at the time, Hanani Mishol Vazariah were thrown into the Kipshan Asia, as we all know. Daniel was thrown into the Govarite Arios of the, the lions themselves, although at the time, that wasn't what what impressed him. That was later on by by Avil um, Merodach. Either way, but Nebuchadnezzar was so impressed with the great men of his time that he considered the God of Israel to be the true God. And he got up and he said, God of Israel is Aloka de Aloki, the God of all gods. And that's the pshat. That's the way it's going to be, says the Meshachachma, that the nations are going to find a Kodesh Baruch to us and they treasure us. They will treasure us as a special nation who knew all this way before they did. So it's not anything that we do and it's not anything that we have to do. It's that it automatically will be considered an Amsgula because of how it's treated. The Malbim says there's a massive difference between an Amsigula and an Am Kadosh. A Skula is something that is chosen by others to be great. A diamond is only worth something because people are machshavit. If people didn't care about it, it would be worth nothing. Because it's, it's worth something because people want it and people watch over it and therefore it's there. You don't do anything to be different. Once someone, well, once someone thought that this is worth having, then it automatically became valuable. Kadosh is something that's valuable, it's special, because you did something to it. You changed it in a bit of a way in order to make something make something kadosh. We were chosen by a kadosh baruch without really doing anything special. We were chosen because of other other reasons, other factors. That makes us in am segula. But we can change ourselves by saying nasav and ishma and do mitzvos that allows us to be an am kadosh. The way the Malbim says it is, yes, we're an Am Segula. Yes, that's a special bracha. Yeah, we have something that we have to live up to, as the Chafetz Chaim said, and we got to do something special. But our job is to make ourselves not just into an Am Segula, but to be an Am Kadosh. People say all the time, my mother, I happen to have six brothers. So there's seven boys altogether. So people say all the time, I have no sisters, just me and my six brothers. So they say to my mom all the time, oh, so that means that she's going to get straight Olam Haba. Wherever that Makor is, that somebody who has seven boys is going to get a Makor straight to Olam Haba. As a side note, it happens to be I happen to be a really, really good kid, and I was a really good kid when I was a kid. I know that my mom did not suffer because of me. It's my brothers that she suffered from, so it's possible that she did get some sort of ganeda because of that, but it's not their fault. They're just not me. But regardless, out of those seven, uh, the, the the seven people that were, that, that, that the seven that are around, so my people go up to my mom all the time, and they'll say to her, oh, so you're going to get ganeda for it. You don't want to be that person who gets ganeda because you had seven boys. You want to be the person who goes to ganeda because of the good things that you do, not because you just had seven boys. I can't imagine somebody going up to Shemayim and be like, what did you do? Oh, well, I saved half the world. Oh, well, I learned Torah all day long and all day and all night. Oh, I had seven boys. That's like the pathetic person. That's not the reason for somebody to go up to Ganeda. Like, it's like the 
worst reason ever. This is the idea behind it. You don't want to make it because you're just the Am Segula. You want to make it because you're part of the Am Kadosh. You want to make it because you did something, not just because you were something, and just continued whatever it was in the beginning. Ramosha and Josh Moshe says, there's no commandment throughout the Torah for us to be Kadosh people. There is a command of Kadoshim to you later on, but right now what we're being commanded is to do, be good people who can understand what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. To understand what it means to be a Goy Kadosh, which is in the next verse, we'll have an ability to understand things better than other people. We have the ability to say in our brachos, Asher Kiddushanu B'mitzvosav, and Mamash mean it. Being a special nation means higher expectations. Not only are we required to put on Filling in the morning, but we're required to become kadosh while wearing it. That's not a requirement of any other goy that's out there in the world. They keep the shemitz bnei noach, but they're not expected to become more holy by keeping them. It should be not that it is, but it should be that we're in a different ballpark from them. That although other people have a requirement of what they have to be, and that could make them into good people, but that doesn't necessarily make them into good people. We should be a nation that become better. Because we do mitzvahs and lentero. We should be people that are pointed out a crown and say, those people are different. They're God's people. They're intrinsically holy. People feel that way about the Amish. You see somebody walking around that's Amish, and you feel that's a special person. It shouldn't be. They're Ogdeh and they're considered one of the Shivamis Benenol, and they're over on it. But maybe Shitov doesn't count. Regardless, there's some type of idea that they feel about everybody. And sometimes that applies for Hasidim as well, unless it's in Vegas or like somewhere strange. But our job is to put forth that image for everyone to see, to make us think that we are something different. We're a different type of person than everybody else. And how do you do this? So then it Siv says that Rashi is hinting to it. We have to be like a Segula, a treasure that someone wants to keep protected, a treasure that you want to keep in a locked room with guards around you, to stay away from Tuma of the world, to be that that special treasure that is put away, we have to keep ourselves away from people who will bring us down as much as possible. We have to be a hidden treasure. Treasure. We have to insulate ourselves as much as we can. When we live among good people, we hang out among good people, when we still do things apart from other people, then yeah, that that's what makes us into Amsagula. That doesn't mean that People cannot be amazing when they're on their own and they're apart from everybody else. Like Obviously, Chabad does some unbelievable things. But obviously, it's more difficult and not suggested for most people. But that's the idea of Anna. You want to be a true Amsegula? Isolate yourselves in the way that's best for you. So that you know what you can do and how to make yourself a little bit different. Rebbe Wasserman says the exact same thing in Kovitz Mamarim. The only way for us to remain Amisrol is if we separate ourselves from the nations around us and do our own thing. When we act like them or copy them or do what they do, take them and hug them, etc., that's when we're no longer an Amsagula because we're just a copy from other people. The key, says the Ishbitzer, is to become receptacle to accept the tremendous bracha of Akarish Baruchu. What do you need to do to become that Kli that Akarish Baruchu can send all those brachos down? Sometimes it makes no sense. But do it anyway. Do what we need to do in order to become the Kli that HaKadosh Baruch can give us what we want. The Chidah says that this can happen through humility, through anivos. Then you become a greater receptacle for all the good things HaKadosh Baruch wants to give you. And therefore, the Rashi Tevos of the Yisem Li Segula Mikol, the Yisem Li Segula Mikol is Vav Lamed Samach Mem. Vav Lamed Samach Mem. Samach Mem is 100. Lamed is 30. Vav is 6. That's 136. It's the same gematria as Han Nava to be an unof, to be a humble person. Balaturim says, if you look at the Sophie Tavis of those words, the yisem, li, school, and mikol, the word is mila. 
Mem Yud Lamed Hey. A little bit out of order. Segula is Hey and Mikol is Lamed. But it's Mila. And that makes this different from other nation because we're given the special brit- the mitzvah of Bris Mila itself, which includes Priya. That even though there are other nations of the world that do Bris Mila, there are other nations of the world that do that do have some sort of circumcision. We're the ones who have Priya, which is a little bit different. That's the Bris that we refer to in the beginning of the partial when we say that we have the, bri- the Bris with the Kaddish Baruch When we agreed to do this to our children, to do a Bris Mila for our kids, our nation was then treasured by a Kaddish Baruch forever. And the Ramban seems to say the same. He says, the bris made by the elves that cause the Kaddish Baruch to love their children forever. The Sforno says, it's nothing to do with the bris mila made by Avram Avinu, because there are other nations like it. In other words, arguing with this Balaturim, saying the Ishmaelim, the Bnei Keturah, and obviously the people today. Instead, this refers to the bris that they made at the time by saying Nasa ben Nishma. It's not the bris mila. It's the bris with the Kaddish Baruch at Matan Torah to accept and do the Torah itself. We will do whatever it is you want us to do. You haven't told us yet. We're, we don't know what it is. But saying that allowed them to be treasured by a Kodesh Baruch forever. Ibn Ezra says the exact same thing. The Dambris, that Dambris that was sprinkled upon us on the fourth day of Sivan that allowed us to be a Kodesh Baruch special nation, that's the idea. That's the bris that we're talking about here, not the actual bris meal that we have. The Shach says, in actuality, there are four bris milas that we're talking about over here. One bris mila, and there are all four mentioned in Tanakh in one way. Sometimes it's on the mouth. The orlas hapeh, not to speak lashon hara. There's also the orlas ozen, not to hear anything evil. The orlas halev, not realizing your own issues and blaming others for your problems. And of course, on the rosh which is called our bris mila that men are supposed to do. All four are hinted to in the pasuk, and all four must constantly be worked on. And the shach explains how all four are hinted to this pasuk and be easily school. The river wasman, river wasman says this is to remember that everything Akarish Baruch does is with hashkacha and all for a reason. If we remember that, then Baruch Hashem things go well, and if not, then chas shalom. That's when things do not happen well. There are many families that you might know that are named Siegel or Segol, who are Levian. Now, obviously, that applies based on this Pusik, Segula, and it's from this Pusik itself. The question is, why is that for Levi? Shouldn't that be for all of Claudius? There's no difference when it comes to Am Segula that Levian are Segols. Everybody should be a Siegel. Every single person should be a Siegel over here. So why is it that Kohanim don't have it? Yisraelim don't have it. It's only Shevet Levi. What is this? So Otoplos Torah says, based on the Sefer Yad Ephraim, that there are three different names in this Pasuk. There's Mamleches Kohanim for Kohanim. Goi Kadosh for Yisraelim. That leaves Am Segula for the Levium itself. And that sounds great. That would be great because a lot of Kohanim named their kids Kohn. So Mamleches Kohanim would make a lot of sense. Segula for Segel for Levium. But Goi Kadosh... That doesn't work for Yisraelim. You never see anybody by the name of Kadosh or Goy. be a strange last name. So that doesn't happen. So that's a really weird one. So he suggests two other similar answers that are close to one another, where it stands for Sigan Levim. Samach Gimolamet is Sigan Levim. They're princes and leaders among the Levim, or Sigan Lekohanim, that they're second to the Kohanim, the leaders close to the Kohanim themselves. So Sefis Brachot doesn't like these answers. He rejects them because he says that would make more sense for the Kohanim to be called that way. And in fact, in the Gemara, you'll see that there are people, Rebichinina Sigan Kohanim. There are people that are known as Sigan in the Gemara itself. So maybe those people should be called Segol in some way. So that's a little bit weird that that would be the reason why. It could refer to the job the Levine will have in the future, in the times of Mashiach. There is an opinion that Orachim of Kaddish brings it down in two different places, that Shevet Levi will be the future Kohanim, right? And we already set up above that all of Yisrael will be somewhat Kohanim over there. Maybe that's the reason why. And Segol is the Rashi Tevis of Sof Geula Lalavim. Sof Geula Lalavim. Then in the Geula, it'll be from the Levine themselves. So maybe that's the idea behind it. But 
Either way, this seems to be a very recent innovation because cats, seagull, etc. We don't see anywhere by the times of the Chazal or even by the Geonim and the Savorayim that people call themselves. And among the Sephardim, you barely find seagull at all. I don't know if I've ever seen a seagull that's a Sephardi. Maybe it began even as close to the Spanish Inquisition when the Jews were thrown into Gulls yet again and people were forgetting their Yichus right and left. So they started naming themselves something so they would remember that they were Kohanim and Levine by calling themselves Katz or Kohn or Levi or Segel, etc. or Siegel, etc. Maybe that's when it started. That's the Tzavzavz Brachos, Rebar Epstein's idea of what he went through. The Nachos Yaakov says, it may have started by the Egelazov, that all of B'nai Yisrael had last names as Segula. But when Shevet Levi wasn't involved in Egel Azov, they kept the name of Segel as opposed to everybody else. Tosefus Bracha says this as well, saying that it could be that all of B'nai Yisrael called themselves this way and then stopped afterwards. So maybe it's like this. He goes on to it quite a bit because he says that his name is Epstein. He is a Levi. It used to be Bonbeshti. And he goes on into why exactly he switched his name from, why they switched their name from Bambeshti to Epstein when they went from Sephardim to become Ashkenazim. It's a long story. It's a really, really nice Tosefis Bracha where he goes into it. It's not in the Torah Tamima, only in the Tosefis Bracha itself. The Chidah says that the word Segula also appears in Yushalmi Pea Peregzayim, where it means a cluster of grapes, according to the Efei an Eshkol. So Segula really comes from the word Eshkol because Shin and Samach are interchangeable. That word is an intrikon of the word Ish Shakolbo, a perfect person, a man that has everything in it. When we fill, our, fill ourselves with Torah and Yerush Shamayim, we become an Eshkol. A person that we say in Sotim Memtes already has been bottled and no longer exists in this world, but that's what it's supposed to be. In the Medrash, when Moshe was looking for Yosef's bones to bring with him out of Egypt, he met with a woman by the name of Segula. Now we know from the Medrash, this actually refers to Serach Basasher. It could be she's called Eshkol because she was such a perfect person, and that's the idea of Segula. That's the reason why. We'll end with like this. There are a few minhagim that come out from over here. For example, Sor Lateva says, the word Segel obviously is a three dots that you have underneath a word that sounds like an eh, right? So it, that's one of the reasons why people stand by Kriya There should always be three people standing up. The Gabai, the person laning, and the person getting an aliyah. It could be you need another person because the person getting an aliyah and the person laning technically are the same person. But there should be three people at all times to have a segula around the Torah. So we have a minag to have three people around from segul, from this word segula, to have three people around the Sefer Torah at all times. Reb David Lulav says a segul has the three dots around it with the important nakuda. It goes like this. There's one important nakuda that's in the middle and everything else surrounds it, the little dots surround it. So too we should all be revolving our relationship around the creator of the world itself. Dagomach and Ephraim says it really clearly. Many things in Judaism are in threes. There's three elbows, three parts of Kalal Yisrael, Kwan of Yisrael, and three things why the world was created for, right, for Chesed, uh, uh, Olam Omed, Al Avod and and three things that the world is Kayim, Al Din, Emes, and Shalom, right, that you're turning those three, and the way it goes, says the Dagomach you're turning the three into one creating an achdos within the system that puts everything together and which will be successful. The point of the segel is that even though two dots are on top and one dot is on the bottom, so it looks like they're on different levels and unequal to one another, it looks like everybody's in a different level, every part of Kalah Yisrael, the Torah, and the world are truly equal. And the key is to figure out how that is so. It's a tremendous segel machna. Friend, Rodovid love is just going on. Torah's Chaim Bamuna also speaks about it. If you look in many Hasidic Shesfarim, they go into this idea as well. There are three different ways of dealing with others. As we just said, Chesed, Vura, 
and a combination of them both called Tiferes. Every Av found a different way of doing that. Every Rebbe and parent are very different. The way to connect them back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the school that we have, that everybody should find their way of connecting back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether it's through Chesed, through Gevura, or for Tiferes. As the Malbim said above, a school is not something that we can just create. A school happens automatically when things are considered Chashuv. There are tons of schoolos out there that make no sense naturally, but they're supposed to work. But they're only conditional. If you listen to my voice, as it says in the beginning of the Pasuk, then be Yisimli Skula. Then you'll be able to have a Skula. We'll end with a really, really good story. Rebel Yashif says there was once a Chassid who came to the Sfas Amas. He asked for a Skula. He had someone in his family who was very, very sick. And he said to the Sfas Amas, Rebbe, Rebbe, what can I use? What's my Skula? What's the Skula that I should use? Sfas Amas kept pushing him away. As anybody knows, the Gira Chassid, the, 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 the Gira Rebbe, the, the Sfas Amas, he was not into such things. But he kept pushing him away again and again. But the Chassid kept coming back and again and again and again. Finally, said the Sfas Amas to the Chassid. He said, the greatest school in the world, you know what the greatest school in the world is? The greatest school in the world is Torah. The Yisimli Skula. Be a good Jew. Learn. Daven. You'll have everything you need. There's nothing else. The Chafetz Chaim used to tell that to people as well. How can I give a better bracha than Shabbos can? Keep Shabbos, and that's the greatest bracha you can. And that's how the Rambam explains the mission. Yuma, Parachas, Mishnah above. It says, over there, there's someone's bitten by a rabid dog, a dog with rabies. You shouldn't eat from the dog's liver. Meaning, Chazal knew that the dog's liver had the ability to heal a person when you eat when you when you eat from it. Somehow it's there. There's an antibody within the so to speak, the poison of the dog itself that if you eat from it, it'll be able to help you. The Rambam says the shot behind this, Mishnah, the reason why you're not allowed to eat from it, this is in the parish Mishnah is in Yuma, is because listen, it's not a real refuel to eat from that. That's not something we fully understand. Even nowadays, where we know that rabies have antibodies within them, it's very, very strange. It doesn't make any sense. It's a skula. For a skula to work, you need to have him shema tishmu bikuli. You have to listen to my voice. You can't do an avera and expect a Kaddish Baruch Hu to listen. So the best school in the world is keeping the Torah. Why? By being over on an avera, by eating dog meat, would it help you to heal you more than just learning the Torah itself. Either learn Torah or don't do Averos. And that'll heal you better than doing an Avera, even though it's a, it works. It's a skula. It shouldn't work. That's the idea behind it, says, says, says the Rambam. And that's how Revel Yashiv understands what the Rambam means by all this. The greatest skula that a person could have is, have is Him Shemotish Mubikoli. If you listen to my voice and you do everything I say, then everything works out in the best way. Have a good Shabbos, everyone.